0: On today's Question of Faith, should I try to read the Bible in a year? Hey there everybody, I'm
1: Mike Hayes, and this is Question of Faith. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I am Father Damien Ferris, the Vicar for Evangelization in the Diocese of Cleveland.
2: And I am Francine Costantini, the Director of Youth Ministry here.
1: Welcome Francine, great Thank
2: to have you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's always great. And so, you know, I I had a question about the question, you know, which was, did any of us ever try to read the Bible in a year?
1: I did. Just recently, when I was over in Rome, uh, after I submitted my dissertation and received my date for my defense, I had some time. I couldn't, you know, prepare for the defense 24 hours a day. So I started on my retreat to read the Bible. I actually made it through the Pentateuch. And, um, then I made it all the way through to the book of Ezekiel before I came home. So I haven't uh, touched it since I have prayed with scripture, obviously prayed the bravery every day, but in terms of trying to read the Bible in a year, I tried and then I stopped and maybe I'll pick it up again during Lent. but I, I failed up until this point, but it's not a complete failure. Still time,
0: right? Yeah, right. Still
1: time.
0: <laughs> it's impressive that you try to do this while you, you – I know you were finished with your dissertation. But still, after all that reading, I think the last thing I wanted to was yeah. read.
1: Well, it wasn't reading philosophy, and oh, sure. I read, like, reading rereading the Book of Genesis after not reading it as a whole
2: mm-hmm. in a
1: long time was a delight. Mm. I, I could do that every year. Cool. That particular book. There were some that weren't as interesting, but I really liked Judith. I really liked Ruth. Uh, song of Songs, so yeah, it's fun. I'd like to get back to it, but I have not done it.
2: And there's something beautiful about reading the entire book, um, like the entire book of Genesis or mm-hmm. the entire book of Matthew, in in just a few settings, like all all in a row. Mm-hmm. That we miss some of the context um, unless you do that, which yes. is awesome.
0: Yeah. So have you tried to do the Francine? Uh,
2: so yes, um, but not in a year. So probably about six or seven years ago, I read through um, the Bible in like two and a half years. Um, I had a reading plan because mm-hmm. I know I, I had tried in the past to, you know, pick it up and start with Genesis and go to Revelation and it just didn't happen. Um, I got bogged down in, you know, at the end of the, <laughs> the Pentateuch. Um, so I I found this, this um, reading plan, how to read the Bible every day, a guide for Catholics. It was this just little tiny little book, and it had a one year plan a two year plan and a three year plan mm. so I did the two year plan, knowing that I might not complete it in two years and um and it was great because it 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 did one book and it 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 had you reading different parts of the Bible together so um I read two books of the Bible each day, like two parts of the Bible each day and um and it jumped around a bit, so it wasn't you know. Genesis through Revelation, right. and um, I found it to be really helpful and fruitful. And in order for me to make it a habit, I just set it, I set the Bible next to my sink. So every morning and every evening as I was brushing my teeth or mm. brushing my hair, like I had scripture right there because I'm not doing anything else. I have time to read then. And um, and it became a beautiful practice for me.
0: Nice. Mm. For me, I, I, have, I have not done this either. I have not read the Bible in the in the year. I'm pretty sure I'd really have to do this more systematically to know and I was trying to do this last night when I was thinking about this have I read every book of the Bible I think I have I've done sort of like a, a system like I would do it in a differently in a different systematic way like you Francine I don't think I would uh, you know start a Genesis and go to revelation if I was just thinking mm-hmm. about this so I took like sort of like series of books like one year I did all the historical books one year I did all the wisdom books. And, um, one year I I actually took a field trip to, um, Collegeville, Minnesota, of all places, where, you know where, where people go for vacation, and uh, <laughs> liturgical press is there. That's correct. yeah. So uh, St. John's University, there, uh, run by the Benedictines, is there, and that's the birthplace of the St. John's Bible. Mm. Um, do you guys know about the St. John's Bible? So, it's and does beautiful. the name? Do, yeah, you know a little bit about, it, right? Does the name Donald Jackson mean anything to you, Father? Yeah, I no. didn't think so. It, it Michael would not, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would not mean probably to most Americans they would not know who this is, but he cannot walk down the street in London without people recognizing him. He is the Queen's calligrapher.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: And this calligraphy group in Collegeville, Minnesota, decided to invite him to come to the United States because calligraphy is kind of a lost art, right? You know, so uh, computers do all that now. And so he said he was kind of enthralled that someone wanted to come and and find out about calligraphy. So he came and the Benedictines knew he was coming. And they invited him in to have a conversation with them. And they said, would you like to write the Bible? Hmm. And so they and the Benedictines do nothing without discerning as a community, right? So it took the Benedictines ten years to decide whether they wanted to do this. And Mister Jackson kept coming to Minnesota (laughs) (laughs) every year for like ten years and saying, "So, how about this project?" You know. And they finally decided to do it, and um, it's a beautiful um, illustrated Bible Mm -hmm. that that is now uh, created, and you could go and see it in, in the library there. But they also have, like, you can buy, like, different collections of books. So, like, in, in my office, I have the book of Psalms okay. sitting on my desk. But when I re- finish through a collection of the books, then I buy, as sort of like a little reward, I buy the St. John's oh, nice. collection and, and put that on and say, okay, I've read that. So I have the historical books somewhere in my house. I have the Psalms in my office. I have the different gospels. So I've, I, I know I've done at least that much. Um I think I'm missing one. So either I didn't buy it or I haven't read it. I have to figure out which one mm-hmm. it is now.
1: <laughs> Does it kind of look like the Book of Kells? Is it really yeah.
0: Yes, yes yeah, very I've much so. I've yeah. I – yeah. I'll show you, you in my story. office. Okay. Yeah, I'll show you in my office later the Psalms one. It's really beautiful. Um, and you can, you yeah, know, bring them in. Um, you know, they have like people who will tour with the St. John's Bible. It's really cool. So we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes about the St. John's Bible. The, the other thought I had is it's kind of never really been easier to read the Bible in a year than it is now. I mean, you know, Father Mike Schmitz kind of has the market cornered on this with his Bible in a year podcast. Right.
2: And I did that last year. So oh, Did you really? You had asked the question, had I read the Bible in a year? Ah. And I hadn't read it, in e- I read it in two and a bit years, but I listened to the Bible in a year last year with the um, with the podcast. And I found it to be excellent. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Do they read every word of the Bible?
2: Every word. Wow. Yes. So he, he also um, divides it up. So he has the narrative, 14 narrative books that kind of give you a broad sweep of salvation history and then adds in um, another book to, to go along with that. So you'll read a few chapters from that book. He'll read a few chapters from that book also that day. And then always um, like a, some Psalms or um, some Proverbs. At, at the end. Right. So there's three different readings generally each day. And then he does, um, he prays and, and does commentary. And um, it's, it surprised me how much of a community feeling there was through that podcast. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting just to listen to a podcast and shut it off. But there was this sense of community, of journeying together, of accompanying each other, of lifting each other up in prayer that was beautiful with that, cool. with that podcast.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, I actually started it in – like you, Father, I, I put it down at one point and then just didn't pick it back up. So I think I'm going to try to get back into it this year uh, and see if I can make my way through it. Um, the other thing is sort of um, my thought on this is that you know what's going on in your life right now might be a good way – to kind of think about how you would read the Bible. So, like, I moved about a year ago, so I picked up the book of Exodus <laughs> mm. and reread the book of Exodus while I was moving. And uh, then I picked up some of the letters of Paul. because you know, He traveled around a lot and said, okay, you know, how do I resonate with this? What's going on in my life
1: now that might mirror Scripture in some way?
2: That's cool. Yeah,
1: that's very cool. I, I don't think I've ever approached Scripture that way. I think as a priest, been a priest almost 19 years now, and oftentimes... Um, I'm thinking about uh, the congregation I'll be preaching to sure. on the weekend, and so my Bible is pretty uh, Bible study and prayer is pretty liturgically based. And Thank I, you for
0: th- doing that. By oh, the way,
1: you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> I have heard many a homily where it was clear that the priest had not done that. Oh. <laughs> no offense, but oh. yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I, I find. Um, you know the 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 Word of God is living and effective, and and spending time with it um, daily, but especially getting prepared for the weekend. Like what what are these scriptures saying to me? And then when it passes through my head, and my heart. Hopefully, I have something to share that's also helpful to the people to whom I'm preaching.
0: Yeah, yeah. very good. Um. Anything else on this that we that we didn't cover? Uh, you know, uh, the other thing, not it's not just important to read the Bible, I think, but to just as you said now, to engage with the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what does this mean for you? You know, what, what um, for me? I know this past year in deacon formation, we had like a little mini retreat where he would give us a piece of scripture to pray with, and then he would ask us to journal about it every day. And um, you know, for me, I I've kind of kept that habit up now. Now around you know around the lunchtime hour usually I'll read the scripture of the day, and then usually the gospel I'll engage with, and I'll place myself in the story and try to write a little reflective piece on how that's hitting with me at the moment.
1: Yeah, I find my the, the most fruitful retreat I ever made was back in 2009 out in Nebraska at Creighton with a, a wonderful spiritual director who would give me three to four holy hours a day and say, pray with this scripture, journal on this scripture, and I talk about the word of God being living and effective. Uh, It was piercing my heart and my head and my entire being. And it still happens from time to time. But, you know, you have these highlights in your life where that was a moment, man. That's one of my what I call post-ordination conversion experiences. It was wonderful. Yeah. So, Francine? I
2: I think um, I love Lexia Divina. I love Mm -hmm. sitting with a small passage from Scripture and praying with it. Uh, I use the Hallow app a lot on my drive into work and um, listen to the daily gospel, and, and it's really great because it it gives you time to pray and spaces it out. Um, so it's not just reading and then the it ends, but you, you have time within it to, to, they lead you in prayer with it. And then i I've also used actually the St. John's Bible for um, Visio Divina uh, yes where you're you're taking an image and and praying with the image and so it's it's scripture, but it's also art and beauty um, and so that's been a real blessing
0: Cool. So I guess the answer to our question is, yes, you should try to read the Bible in a year, mm-hmm. and here's some ways that you can do that mm-hmm. yeah. right. Yep.
2: One of the yep. things as a youth minister, I know you're about to, yeah. to move on, but as a youth minister, I used to tell my teens to um, start with a gospel and, and read one chapter a night or two chapters a night, and that's it, and um, and and get through the gospel. You know, go through the entire gospel, and and they would come to me and be like, "Okay, Francine, I did it. Now what?" And I said, "Then read the next gospel," and then so they'd read all four gospels and come back and say, "Now what?" I said, "Read the four gospels again," and um, and after they had read through all four gospels again the the second time, then I would say, "Okay, now keep going and mm. read the Pauline letters. Keep going through the New Testament, and um, and then get into something like Father." Mike Schmidt's podcast or trying yeah. to read the whole, the whole scripture. But once you have that context of the gospels, I think it's just, it flows beautifully.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I tend to like stories in general, you know, so, yes. and, you know, telling stories and reading stories, reading memoirs, th- biographies, those are all of my favorite things to read. And so these are the stories of Jesus, right? So Absolutely. No, and no better familiar. place to start.
1: And, yeah. Yeah. And the story of salvation history, yeah. <laughs> our stories make sense most when they're placed up against that context and backdrop of the story of our salvation. So it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, perfect. So a person who was anonymous who gave us this question, yes is the answer to your question, There's the short answer. And uh, hopefully we've given you a lot to think about. So you have a different, a different number of ways to approach your uh, moving through the Bible, uh, to read every book of the Bible, the entirety of the Bible um, throughout. Uh, and, and by the way, if you don't make it in a year, like Father... Be gentle with yourself. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, to. you still have time. Yeah, That's true. I have true. time. I have until yeah. Easter. It, I'll put it on myself then. If you don't read it through, <laughs> through yeah. the Bible to you like I didn't, yeah. then uh, yeah, be gentle with yourself. You still have time. Do your best. That's what I say. That's right. Do your best. Uh, speaking of folks who do the best, let's talk about a church that tries to do their best. Uh, you know, St. Helen and Newberry, they're going to be one of our nine nights parishes. Father, why don't sure. you tell us a little bit about nine nights before we talk about St. Helen's? Yeah,
1: so nine nights of night prayer. It's like a little novena working up to a Marian feast. Uh, we have picked nine parishes in the diocese. Each hosts night prayer nine consecutive nights. So that's 81 nights, uh, 81 possibilities for night prayer in the diocese. This next feast will be the Feast of the Annunciation. St. Helens is out in Newberry, and just as we were talking, it reminded me that the way the sanctuary is set up there, mm-hmm. ambo, altar, tabernacle, and they're modeled after the Bormeo Seminary pre-renovation, so post-Vatican II renovation, Bormeo on the altar, or the, Ambo used to say, in the beginning was the Word. Mm-hmm. On the altar, it said, the Word was made flesh, nice. and on the tabernacle, and dwelt among us. And so that's what you find out there at St. Helens. And just to go along with our discussion today... In the beginning was the Word. The Word of God is living and effective. So at Mass, we have the liturgy of the Word, then we move to the liturgy of the Eucharist. And so that those two go together and they complement each other. And oftentimes as Catholics, sometimes, not that you could ever overemphasize the Eucharist, but we can tend to underemphasize the the, the Word of God. Mm, very so nice. That, that church reminds us in, in its sanctuary not to do that. Yeah. That was
2: one of my favorite things. That was the first thing I noticed when I went to St. Helens. Um, I was there for... Um, friend's father's funeral and and seeing that on the in the sanctuary um carved into the ambo the altar and the base of the tabernacle was striking did
1: you know it came from borromeo that's i just- did
2: not know it came and from borromeo so
1: that's the east side parish that does it saint bernadette's on the west side does the same thing ah. yeah and i think both pastors went to borromeo and probably got the idea there and said we're going to do that and it is cool
0: Good idea. I've been to this parish as well, and um, they have a great talk about the parish community at Saint Helen's a little bit. They they just started a, a young adult group. Um, Will Stegmeyer, out there is is, and he actually just had his first event. We'll put all this information in the show notes for you, um, but will uh, just started this and i think he got like 35 people to go to his first event i was like wow good job that's mm. awesome <laughs> that's excellent yeah so they're they're really they're a growing young adult community and um
2: they have a vibrant vibrant youth ministry yeah i was
0: just going to cool. ask you that yeah it's a great community to be part of so check them out they're great st helens in newbury Ohio.
1: Mike, can I say one more yeah. thing? Okay. So, they're right across the street from Punderson State Park. Oh, right. And th- in a way, the architecture of the church mirrors like a state park look. It's got yes. rough wood and the altar and, st- and this altar the the altar actually looks like the altar that um, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac on. It's mm. really, it's a great place. It's it's wonderful to see. It smells good in there. It smells woody. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. Yeah. I was just
0: going to say, it smells like like a lodge sort of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feel to it in some way. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'd give you a little bit of scripture for next week. So next week, some of the readings uh, include, hey, uh, the Love is Patient reading is the second reading. Um, one of the things that someone told me one time is that when you listen to that reading, place yourself in, in in the place of the word love. So instead of love is patient, love is patient. Mike is patient. I need to remind myself of that. Right. Mike is
1: kind. Mike is not self-seeking, blah, 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 whatever yeah. it is, right? I usually find myself failing that test. <laughs> we, had a, we had a scripture prof back in the day at St. Mary's Seminary. God rest him. His name is Father Tom Weber. And he would say, well, the word love is actually loving, kinding. And these are they're action words. And... Uh, it's a good way to, yeah, ask ourselves: Are we being who we're supposed to be? And if mm. we're not, then it's a good way to say, "Okay, I need to correct some of those things." So that's helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. The gospel's from Luke chapter four this this week too. Um, sort of the after, it's sort of a continuation of last week's gospel. So it's the aftermath of Jesus uh, proclaiming who he is in the synagogue. My favorite piece of that is then he he walked through the midst of them at the end. Oh <laughs> I was yeah. Like,
1: well. Escape artist. His power, yeah, because it's not his time yet. So,
0: <laughs> Exactly. So pay attention this week when you're listening to the readings. And uh, if you have a question of faith, give us a call um, or send us an email, I should say. Uh, Mike M. Hayes at the di- diocese of org. M-H-A-Y-E-S at the diocese of One of the things that you could do to help us out, give our podcast a little rating. And maybe even a little review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we actually got our first review from someone who calls himself Latufra. And uh, said, off to a great start. She gave us four out of five stars. That's nice. And said, uh, I was looking for a new podcast now that Catholic Stuff You Should Know is on hiatus. I was so pleased to find one coming out of my own diocese. Looking forward to hearing voices of women in addition to the guys. Woo-hoo. Francine. So welcome. Uh, <laughs> see, we listen. Here at question of faith uh as well as parish recommendations that go beyond the surface to describe the charism of the community which we also did today so thanks for pointing that out latufra and um that's about all we have time for today here on question of faith so i'm mike hayes father damien ference
2: francine costantini
0: and we'll be back again next week with your questions of faith